Hello and welcome to the Bankers podcast series, Banking in Transition, looking at how the banking industry is adapting to the new normal as the world begins to recover from the global pandemic. I'm Joy McKnight, editor of The Banker, and my guest this week is Sylvia Mensdorf, head of banking solutions at FIS Europe. Thanks for joining me, Sylvia. Thanks, Joy, for having me. And, uh, you know, looking forward to coming out of COVID uh, and, uh, and actually uh, meeting everybody uh, again. Hopefully Q3 will bring us a lot more liberties than we have today. Great. So can you just give a short recap of FIS for those listeners that, uh, you know, maybe not that aware of the company? FIS is a U.S. headquartered uh, fintech um, one of the oldest fintechs, I would say, mm. one of the largest fintechs, really focused on improving the world, the way the world banks, pays and invests. And, and so if you think about FIS, we have investment solutions that we provide to banks and corporates, uh, a big merchant arm that go globally provides solutions for merchant uh, processing, and then the piece that I'm responsible for uh, which is around banking, card issuing uh, solutions, uh, wealth management, and enterprise payments. So very well rounded uh, across the board. Excellent. Okay, well, let's start with the payments angle. Um, obviously, there's been a bit of an increase in fraud during the COVID pandemic. And obviously that's driven also by a big jump in e-commerce. So what does this mean, let's say from a fraud perspective? And so it's really interesting to see the impact that COVID has had on driving us as consumers more into the digital space. I would say people that would have never dreamed of buying anything online are now have discovered the comforts of it. You know, my mom, uh, some of my aunts that mm. would have never done this. Uh, and and as the opportunity increases, because the volume increases, obviously that that drives the fraudsters there there as well. So so and and you you then get consumers that are less experienced with e-commerce uh, doing transactions there, and and so you know that that leaves an education gap. Mm-hmm. I would also say that in the e-commerce space, it's becoming quite difficult for consumers because we're getting into a position where there are more and more options for you to choose mm. as you want to pay. And, and that just complicates things uh, in terms of understanding what the risks are uh, involved in any of these transactions. So do you think that consumers have a good understanding of the fraud protection offered by various payment methods? It sounds like you think they don't. Um, but, you know, if they don't, what more needs to be done and why is this so important? I don't believe most consumers understand or should have to understand mm. some of the concerns behind it. Um, they're being offered a service that transaction money and it's the industry's responsibility to help them do so safely. Obviously, they have certain responsibilities like, you know, not to write down your PIN code for your card everywhere. Mm. But, but you know, given the amount and complexity of the different uh, payment methods, it's really hard to educate the consumer. I think when it comes to phishing and things like that, what I've seen work is national campaigns that keep coming out where the industry comes together and actually says, you know, watch out for these 
things that you know you don't get man in the middle attacks and stuff like that that works but you know payment method by payment method is just too complex and and the, you know I, I think we would be burdening our customer with something that they frankly shouldn't be bothered with whose role is it really to improve this do you think so I think the regulator or the government in mm. each country has, where I've seen this happen, and I live in the Netherlands, that there is, a, you know, that the, there is a body that basically takes care of industry-funded training for or or sharing information with consumers, mm. and that works. So you know that that would be my regulate recommendation. I think the regulator will also step in where there is a payment method and. The consumers under the impression that they're protected like they would be protected mm. uh, with other payment methods and then find they're not you know that, that there's a great case when you look at a account to account transfer that is now becoming more prevalent even in e-commerce where mm. the protection is much less when there's fraud uh, compared to potentially card payments and you can start seeing regulators stepping in and, and saying well on these schemes, we actually need to up and take the liability away from the from the consumer. But I don't think that consumers actually understand or should have to understand these things. It's interesting. The contactless limit was recently raised to £100 in the UK. Do you think this is creating more concern over security? And why is that? I actually think it's a good thing that the limit was raised, especially when you think about covid uh, and it's been awesome to be part of an industry that has actually been able to contribute in trying to limit uh, uh, the way in which we can get infected and, and responding to that by raising the limits so that people wouldn't have to type in their PIN codes anymore. I would say when it comes to security concerns, there have always been consumers that are concerned about contactless and the security issues. What I think we're seeing is that the impact on fraud of this is relatively low and that consumers are actually protected mm. if anything goes wrong by their bank. So my perception of this is, is that it's overall a good thing. And the other thing that we're seeing is that while contactless increases, a lot of that is being covered by mobile contactless and mobile contactless automatically has the either fingerprint or face uh, uh, authentication baked in so it feels it's the same ease as a contactless card uh, tab but it actually adds another security layer so 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 I think these things weigh against each other and it's overall perceived as being very positive. Excellent but do you think that at some points payments really shouldn't be all that frictionless? Like everyone talks about improving customer experience and having everything seamless, um, but maybe at one point payment should have a little bit of friction in it? So I always think about it as friction right instead of frictionless. The higher the amount I'm paying, uh, I'm transacting on, the, the more frequent the transactions are, that's where the friction should come in to make sure that I actually want to do this payment, that I'm conscious of making the payment, and, and that there is time to make sure that the person doing the payment is who they say they are and the, the other parties who they say they are. So friction right versus friction less is, I think, the right approach from an industry perspective.
And uh, I think every consumer will accept a little bit more of effort as the transaction is of a higher value versus it being really almost uh, invisible payments when it comes to lower value uh, value payments. I would say that one of the positive developments in the past year has been this greater awareness around environmental, social and governance, ESG. You know, how are ESG initiatives like, say, like Green Accounts, really a step in the right direction? I think from a social perspective, consumers want to be and are really conscious of climate change and, and the social impact that, that their consuming is having. And, and so being able from a banking perspective to provide uh, support in the consumer wanting to do the right thing is a great, great way of addressing that need coming from the consumer, but also providing a positive impact to, to the planet. I think where it becomes important is to make sure that, you know, it's not just green painted. Yeah, exactly. Because the, I guess that's a bit of the problem that there's a lot of greenwashing or green painting, as you say, going on. Um, do you think that the regulators really need to step in um, and sort of get involved in these green accounts? Where claims are being made, there should be something that con- the consumer can rely on as an accreditation and a certification that what what they're you know getting involved with actually then yields or, or, or provides the benefits that are being advocated. And I think that's where the regulator can step in and help uh, the industry uh, uh, get, get that right. I think if we were to flip it slightly, there is a huge opportunity that banks have to support um, the consumer in, in, in their goal of being environmentally friendly. If you think about your bank actually knows everything that you're spending. And so one of the things that we're we're looking at is, is there a way for us to calculate what your carbon footprint is based on your financial footprint? And this would be something that the bank can offer to the consumer not just on a transaction basis, because at the moment we're seeing these social initiatives where you can say, hey, round up your transaction and put that money to charity or mm. round up your transaction to cover your carbon footprint. That's on a transactional basis. I think it would be much more interesting for the consumer to actually understand on a monthly basis, what's my carbon footprint on the back of all the transactions that I've done? And then thinking about, how do I compensate for that carbon footprint? And, and also for the bank then to uh, offer innovative options. Oh, you could donate this much money to this charity, or you could invest in this fund and then donate part of that. So I think there is a great amount of, um, of innovation that can come from the banks that would be very welcomed by consumer, more on an account based than on a transactional level. Yeah, I do. I agree with that. I think that's very interesting, actually. Okay. Well, one of my last questions is around um, the European Women Payments Network, which you're on the advisory board, which is a network for women in fintech, cards, payments, banking, and financial services in Europe. 
So what are the main aims of the network? Uh, it's great that you ask about that. So uh, I actually was part of the original founding group uh, four years ago. And, you know, it's been fantastic to see that network, which is purely based on uh, volunteering, thrive uh, across, across Europe. It's really about increasing diversity in fintech where, you know, as women, we found that, you know, we we'd go to a conference and it'd be 80, 20 uh, panels would be panels, mm. male only panels. There wasn't enough speakers uh, uh, around. So the goal was really to drive female diversity, but also diversity in every sense uh, of the word in, in the industry. And the uptake has been fantastic. And also the support, I would say, uh, from what I would call male allies has been great, uh, great to see. So, so we've seen that grow and we actually have uh, country initiatives in almost every country in Europe that, that support that. Uh, and we've been able to support women speaking for the first time publicly and actually finding their voice and getting their seat at the table. So, so it's, a, it's great to see, see, that, see that thrive and being picked up. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your insight, Sylvia. Thank you, Joy, for having me. And thanks to our audience for listening. Keep up to date by subscribing to our weekly podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, and Acast, and follow our discussions at thebanker.com slash podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.